Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is March 5th, 2023. My name's Eric Peterson. Joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. I feel like I've talked to you for too long in the site, in the um, unwrap bit. Have you? Do we have to. Do we have to do this? No, I'll just move on. We got Mr. Zach Foley. Hello. <laughs> Zach will talk Yellow. to me. You don't have to, Dan. That's right. Okay, I'll see you later. You can just sit there and, and look mediocre at best. That's just rude. I've had a haircut and everything. He's, he he prettied your... himself up for you, Eric. Yeah, he had his ears lowered. Yes, they're now on my hips. Yes. Makes your hair look shorter. You look cute, short. Dan. You look Thanks. good. Thanks. Look, I'm Thanks. jealous. <laughs> I said I would save you some. It's probably, time... still in, it's probably still in the bin at the college. Do you think that would make it through customs if you were to just put a package of hair in an envelope? Imagine the, probably some weirder shit than that gets shipped through customs. Yeah, bottles of pee and stuff do. Yeah. Farts in jars. Yeah, so, my, my normal Speaking, speaking of farts and <laughs> farts and jars, I don't know if this story carried over to the pond, but uh, um, a woman over here who was an influencer um, farted in jars for people and she used to eat things which were so bad for her and give her so much gas that she ended up in hospital. And they told her she has to stop. <laughs> what a life. Madam, please stop guffing in jars. Thank you. I mean, this isn't so far removed. Like, we were in college 10, well, 13 years ago now. And at that point, you still had to get a real job. Like, could you imagine living in a world where that <laughs> is an option as a youth? Like, I could be a doctor, I could be an astronaut. I could be a businessman, I could be a banker, or I could fart into this jar and make more than all of those combined. Or take pictures of my feet. Like, I mean, I don't think kids these days understand the world is at your fingertips. You just have to lower your standards a little bit. I also don't don't think that that would be an option for the three of us. I think you have to be a rather (laughs) hot girl to do it, and that's not on the table for any of us, except for Dan with long hair. (laughs) What are you saying? By no means am I condoning any of this. That is that is sarcasm. Please don't. Anybody want my hairy foot pics? (laughs) Yes. You get them for free. You get them for free. You have them for years. You've been teasing us with the tip of that big toe for years. (laughs) I forgot about that. God, that's a that's a throwback reference. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I just asked that you shave. A bit it. of a retro retro reference on the retro show. Bit of a retro. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> guys, bringing did out you the rally realize, horse and the boiled owl soon? Speaking of that, um, PS4 games are almost eligible for this show. Are they really? Yeah. Mm. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> we don't got old. We oh, are it, almost it, as. We're we're almost as far from the launch of the PS4 now as we were from the launch of the PS2 when the show started. The PS2 oh. turns 23 today, gentlemen. I'm going to go take my Miralax and eat a Metamucil cookie. <laughs> Zach's That's just uh, ca- counting down the days till <laughs> I think two, 2015 when Bloodborne came out. I think that's, that's what Zach's waiting for. You know that that game is going to be on the list immediately for that. Fuck yeah. If I play that game here. anyway. We're doing it for the show, goddammit. How is that still not being remastered? I have no idea. My my only 
my only thought there is that Miyazaki is just a sadist and just enjoys all the commentary. Please! <laughs> it's, it's definitely possible. Until he just ghost releases it someday on some random-ass console. Or just random-ass The, pl- the, the Pleiadit. Hey, we're getting Elden Ring DLC, so I can't complain. Woohoo! Oh, when does that come up? That better not coincide with any they other... They haven't said yet. Nah. They just said, okay. we're making this weird. Yeah, we'll talk about it soon, which means, fuck you, it'll be next year. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll enjoy it. Dude, the internet went nuts over it, too. They released one image of the game. Oh, <laughs> internet's yeah, people like, were analyzing. Here's a 17-hour video analyzing this picture. Like, this is probably a picture of Miyazaki's ass. <laughs> I can't believe stop. it's been a year since I came out already. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, I, I got a memory on my phone earlier. It was a video I took for WhatsApp last year of my character... Um, I made a message in front of somebody who was sitting in a chair and the character just kneels down and it says like, try giving head. <laughs> <laughs> try finger butthole. I, I love doing them. My favorite one to do is if there was, there was quite a few places in it where there was two suits of armor on either sides and you could, you could do a gesture where the character like would hold their hands out to the sides <laughs> yes. and then you could, you could put like, try going, try doing two handed or something. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was so funny. A lot of thirsty people playing that game. Ugh. Yep. God, a year already. Yeah. And I'm still playing it. Isn't that sad? <laughs> I'm not sure it's I could a, go back to It's a game you could point. play that long if you really wanted to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, had, even, I platinumed it, and I'm sure I've probably only saw 10% of that game. Yeah. I had to have a hard cut-off point. I was like, I'm going to be playing this forever. Your downfall, Dan, is that you immediately went into New Game Plus. Yes. Because you didn't have the ability to then just continue exploring the world. Yep. Did I? Yes, you immediately went into New Game Plus. And then, no, but I did, I did a hell of a lot of exploration before I did it. Yes, but when I started going through and getting all, all of the unique amulets and I forget what all that shit's called, but all the stuff. Like, oh, I can't do that right now because I'm only here. But then you actually caught up to me. So you were one full game cycle ahead of me by the time oh, I beat yeah. it. Yeah. You got to the fallen city again and like I'm done. <laughs> I do look at I do look at it occasionally. I'm like, oh, I kinda wanna go back here. I tried a couple of months back at using a magic build, but I can never get on with being a magic user on Souls. That I game sucks for magic builds because you have to wait so long to actually do anything. Yep. Like it's it's much easier to go through level a character and then just go and respec them. Hmm. Zach, did we want to talk a little bit about our big purchase that showed up? Uh, yeah. A little bit. We can, save, <laughs> we can save a lot of it for the side quests in a couple weeks, but I feel like this is, you know, we want to be part of the zeitgeist at the moment with this conversation because holy shit. I've never bought a product before that that's like damn near forcing me to buy other products. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> like, that steering wheel is within my grasp. Damn it. I if I weren't in the current uh, work situation yeah. that I'm in, that steering wheel would be in my house at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I so think we I, are. I think I will have a racing seat by the time I get a job. Yes, we of course are talking about PlayStation VR two, and I can see Dan um, getting up, walking out of the room, getting in the car, and going to yeah. the store to buy one. I, I don't know what you say, man. I'll put you on mute. <laughs> 
it's well good. you're gonna want to listen to this because if you weren't already on the fence about buying one you're gonna want to buy one now because it is quite literally the i don't want to paint with too broad of a brush here but it is one of the best gaming experiences i've ever had yeah and i mean like the like gran turismo is just the experience right it is so the the weird thing about gran turismo is that when it's the whole game like we said before, it is literally the whole game. Gran Turismo Sport was just a couple tracks, a couple race cars, and that was it. It was cool, but that was it. Gran Turismo 7, whole game, start to finish, even the menu screens. But what I didn't realize is that the menu screens weren't in VR. So when I'm logged into it, I'm like, am I just going to be like playing this on the big screen? And then you go to start the race, and then it does the little fly-in on the screen. I'm like, what is wrong here? And then... Boom, it snaps you into the car. And the immediate response I had was like, holy shit. Like you were in the car, lights glaring at you through your side view mirrors. You can look up and see the cars behind you in the rear view. You've got the sun reflecting off of your hood. You are sitting in the damn car. And it is like you are actually driving the thing. The only thing that took me out of the experience is the fact that I was on a controller. Yeah. But what I found was that the simple act of being in that position with that quality of visuals around you is that I was immediately able to drive 100% better. Because before, even driving cockpit mode on the screen, you still have the line and where you have to brake, but you can't really judge the distances properly. The minute you're in the car, you're like, oh, I need to start braking now. I can do this corner. I can feel this. It's unreal. It's so hard to explain how good that is. Yeah, I, I my experience was I, well, I went into VR and I was mesmerized and then I wrecked my car immediately because I couldn't possibly drive. Because, <laughs> I mean, you do. You spend like three minutes just looking around at everything. And I mean, like 360 degrees. I was looking in my back seat like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the ability, the depth perception is where it's at. And I mean, like I turned off all my racing lines, everything nope. and could drive just like a regular car. Just fine. Yeah. It's amazing. And so my car, uh, I have I have an Alpha, is in that game. Like, I'm going to buy that. I didn't need that car at the moment because I was still, like, really early in the game. Like, I'm going to buy that and drive it. And I shit you not, it is exactly like sitting in my car. It feels like driving my car. The weight of it is still the exact same. All of the blind spots are where you'd expect them to be. The, how, what you can see over the windshield, where your different gaps are. Like, it's perfect. It's literally perfect. It's the coolest racing experience I've ever had. Yeah, I'll give you that. And for me, like the difference between playing in cockpit mode, which is really good uh, in Gran Turismo and playing in VR is that I use my mirrors like oh, that. Yeah, that's a thing. And it's just it's a transformative experience for that game. And it's incredible. And the mirrors are exactly where you'd expect them to be like when you're driving you can just like shift your eyes up a little bit and see in your rearview mirror you do the same thing when you're sitting in vr but what's really cool about this is i've noticed it a little bit in gran turismo so the the psvr2 has eye tracking which is a phenomenal technology i can't wait to see the types of games that they come out with that and they take you through this really cool setup when you do the uh this really cool display when you set up the headset but when you shift your eyes up to the rear view mirror, or the side view mirrors, you can actually see them get a little bit clearer because the game's tracks that you're looking at it now. So it renders them a little bit nicer. So the HDR on these panels really kicks in and you can see that. Have you done any night races yet? 
I have not. Okay, so that's where the HDR is going to kick in. And I I didn't believe it uh, because I had read some review that said, like, yeah, I didn't really see the HDR until I raced at night. And it's totally true. Like, the ability for lights to blind you is absolutely there. Um, And I got it on Laguna. Uh, I was just racing. Laguna Seca? Yeah, I was racing that, and I was doing it in the morning. So the early, early morning, you know, like there's no sun. And then the sun came up under the mountains and I was fucking blinded for like half an hour because I could not see over the. It was amazing. It's it's absolutely incredible. Ten out of ten. Yeah, like that. It is the definitive experience that you need to have. If anything is the killer app on that console right now or on that that accessory, it is Gran Turismo 7. Yeah, I was reading a, a list of like. The top five games for PSVR 2 right now and GT7 wasn't even on there. Like that, this you've automatically lost all credibility. Yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, like, and I don't, I, I have a couple other VR games. Like I bought Res, which is actually really cool. You're mentioning the eye tracking. That is super neat uh, yep. because it does track your eyes to fire and to, to kind of move around a bit. Um, and I played Resident Evil, uh, the village version, which is sure. hard to do um, because it's, scary as shit and even worse in vr um yeah but like i keep going back to gran turismo i don't think that copy of the game has left my playstation in almost two weeks it's yeah the the only other ones that i've played obviously mine came with uh horizon call the mountain which fantastic climbing simulator very very cool climbing simulator if you don't like climbing in vr don't play that game because that's 90 percent of what you do but the way that they've handled the combat in that game is is really neat because I, I didn't watch a ton of videos on it. I'm sure they probably explained this, but when you go into combat, it kind of locks your character into place. And the only thing you can really do is draw your bow and shoot, or you can like flick the stick and, and strafe to the side to dodge enemy attacks. Um, but other than that, you're actually freely walking around the world, picking items up. You can interact with almost anything. They've got little musical instruments there, like marachis or drums or gongs and stuff that you can hit. It just gives you the ability to interact with stuff. But the way that you draw your bow over your shoulder and then you have to pull each arrow out, you have to knock it and then let go. But then if you want to change your ammo, you have to tilt your bow sideways and pick the one that you want. But actually constructing stuff too is like you have to grab the 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 stick you have to put the feathers on the back you have to put the the arrowhead on and then you have to use rope and like twist it around so it's really really accurate in the tracking on it which that's the one thing that i really wanted to see them step up because the tracking on the original psvr was very antiquated technology and limited in what it could do it was neat but this is on a whole other level yeah i played uh the other one that i i picked up was pavlov have you tried that one yet I have not. It was That's like a, a shooter, $30 right? game. Uh, and it's a shooter, right? And that game is I like I was surprised how accurate the guns were and how sort of natural that felt to just skip around. The only thing that I don't like about it is it's definitely like moved by uh, what is it moved by warping? And I haven't figured out how to change it to just mm-hmm. natural walking, which I really enjoy in VR. As long as you can get the vignette, I've set Horizon to natural walking, and if I don't have that vignette on, I'll yeah. be puking my guts out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I my, find the my, vignette. I found on the original one. I found that the vignette made me worse. Really? Mm. Yeah. Um, Grand, Resident Evil Seven did something where it would actually throw grid lines up a little bit too, like very faint grid lines, and I found that that actually helped reduce the nausea as well. Yeah, I could see that. Anything that kind of ties you to the tangible world or to like a fixed point will mm-hmm. definitely help. 
Um, but yeah, that shit's amazing. The only, my only gripe with PSVR, and I mean this as <laughs> functionally literally as I can, is that when the batteries start to die in your controller, it's like a dip sign in Tucson. It's right there. It's yep. like, hey, your batteries are up. <laughs> you know, like, fuck it. It's gone. You know, <laughs> and the battery life on those controllers is not great. It's like maybe four it's hours. Fine. It's fine. But uh, again, I, I haven't played with them much, so. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I just and make sure to put them back on the charging dock as soon as I'm done. Yeah, it's it like and and again, I can't I can't really talk about it without talking about Gran Turismo Seven because it's such a transformative experience for this game. Like I think about like Jeremy Sanford playing his F1 games, yeah, and I I I want to tell him like, dude, you need this, and you need this because you don't realize how much verticality is in tracks. You don't realize like all that shit in Gran Turismo about like making a hard turn but going uphill starts yep. to make sense as soon as you put on the headset well anyone you understand who knows the physics of it that laguna seca track where you come around and you're going up but you immediately know that that corner dips and turns left right away you yeah. play it completely differently in vr yeah oh and all the fucking tokyo tracks holy shit oh like, the one where you're just racing down the interstate at 150 miles an hour <laughs> and it's wild how cool that is yeah and I mean, no, it doesn't look real. It doesn't look it, it. It's hard to describe because Gran Turismo doesn't look real, right? Like it's digitized. The car physics work, but it's not like you're driving in Tokyo. Right. But when you put the headset on, like you get the sense of like, this is a grounded world. This is yeah. where I should be. The so I, other, it's amazing. The other game that I bought was a PSVR one title that they've updated and it's called Pistol Whip, which ah uh, yes, Pistol Whip is freaking great. I don't know why I didn't buy that before. It is basically um beat saber with super hot guns. with what super hot yeah super hot that's the game i was thinking of it's beat saber meets super hot so it's you you, can, you don't have to shoot on the beat but you get more score if you do otherwise you can just sit and blast people so my sister and my mom came over um and they wanted to see the the vr2 and we ended up playing like an hour and a half of pistol whip my sister got so incredibly into it. She was rolling around on the floor, dodging and shooting people, having just a freaking blast because you're not tethered to that stupid camera anymore. Such a cool game. And it's it's incredible how accurate the yeah. the new hand or the new controllers are. With with where you're pointing, you can just like I know it's gonna go that way because that's where I'm pointing. The other ones weren't as accurate. Yeah. Well and I think too, like it really does help um, the, that like the one thing that I'll, I'll tell you, if you're thinking about VR is that you can't look at videos online and judge it that way. That's the no. whole point. Eric was talking about foveated rendering, right? Which is you look in a direction and it clarifies that area. That is an eye tracking feature. So wherever you look, looks crystal clear, but in your periphery is blurred out, which is actually how you see in the first place. And it saves them a ton of rendering power to do that. But man, it's incredible to, to watch in VR. The other thing that's really cool, and Horizon does this, is they allow you to just use your eyes to select things. So if you're in a menu and you want to select something, instead of using the joystick to like navigate to it, you can just look at it and it highlights it and you press X. It's incredible how cool that is. But there are some other games that were coming out that utilize the eye tracking feature. Uh, I was reading about a horror game where you're in a room with mannequins or creatures or whatever, and they're just stationary. But the second you blink, they move or change shape or get closer. Or there's a game where every time you blink, time advances. Like, that's 
a killer feature that I didn't know I even wanted in a video game. Yeah, that uh, they sound like the weeping angels from Doctor Who and sound terrifying. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Visine sales go through the roof. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's... <laughs> It's, but yeah, it, it's it's nuts. And I need some more time with it. Um, I've played the shit out of it, but it's all been Gran Turismo. So forgive me if I, I'm not talking about a lot of different games, but it it is incredible. Is it worth the money now? Maybe. I mean, it really depends. If you're one of those people who likes to be on the bleeding edge of things coming out, 100%. This is worth, if we're talking what you get for your money, 100% worth it. Is it worth it for the amount of games that are out for it? Maybe not. It's a tall ask at the moment, but... I need, to wait, for, I need to wait for Beat Saber. Oh, once Beat Saber comes... I was thinking about this. My only concern with Beat Saber, and I think that I'm going to have the same issue with the PSVR 2 version, is the same thing that I came across with PSVR 1 versus the Quest version. I liked the PlayStation version because it felt like you were holding lightsabers because of the way that the controllers were shaped yeah. i could never really get super accurate with the quest version because it just didn't feel like the right weight so yeah, i still say somebody needs to make a pair of beat saber sticks specifically yeah. for that game and or have them least, be weighted like an actual sword right like all the way to the front a little balance in the back but. at least have an attachment that sticks off that makes but then you run the risk of smacking somebody and yeah well, That's and two, like, again, the, the way those clamshells work, I don't know that you could do it with that. But if somebody doesn't make a like a pirate game where you're fighting with cutlasses, man, you guys are missing out. Yeah. Like, because that's what it feels like in your hand. Yeah. It's really odd, but it's it's definitely worth it for that. I just hope they continue to support it going forwards and there's plenty of big hitters come out. Like, it would be I... great if Half-Life Alex got poured over. Yeah. I don't see any reason why they don't. I genuinely don't see it. Well, I mean, they dedicated that whole state of play to VR, and it was a terrible show. But like that's, but I think that there's the the reception around the PSVR two has been universally positive. I haven't seen a single like, "Hey, this really, you know, this dropped the ball." It's this is the next step because for me, this feels like the generational leaps of old when we went from PS one to PS two. PSVR 1 to PSVR 2 is that same type of leap where you hop in and you're like, oh, this can look better. I liked IGN's review where he said makes the old one look like a useless piece of junk. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's, he's not wrong. Yeah. I would I would love to have one, but 560 quid with Horizon, it's just it's too yeah. expensive for my blood right now. I don't think Horizon's the killer app for it. Like, it's neat, but it, you, it, I don't know. I I'll play it. It was really cool being in the canoe and watching the tall neck walk over the top. And it was the other thing that was really shocking. Aloy is tiny, like really, really tiny. You're standing in VR and she's like barely up to your chest and she's about as round as a toothpick. She's very small. And in the games, they don't really convey that. I always I always pictured her as like, oh, she's kind of like big brooding woman, you know, not not like Amazonian style, but. She's very you small. Playing the, were you playing this standing up or sitting down? Standing. This, apparently, some people said unless you recalibrate the camera, she looks smaller than she is. I mean, I set up the entire thing while I was standing. Uh, so. Maybe she is just tiny then. 
Yeah, she's just small. Zach, you're muted. I did like the setup process. Sorry about that. Yeah. I thought the, the setup how process it scans was your room. Cool. Yeah. It's really neat. Because before, Dan, you used to have to draw a line around you on the floor, and then yeah. that would be your play space. Now it just says, look around the room, and it throws all these polygons up, and it like physically maps the terrain yeah, of I've, your I've room. Yeah, I've seen it. It looks really cool. Yeah. And it's really neat. But. Yeah, I again, I'm I'm kind of with Eric. Like, I think if you don't need to play Gran Turismo for whatever reason, and I don't know the fuck you wouldn't, but you you like you could probably wait a little while. But again, I don't know that I would buy the bundle with Horizon Zero Dawn because I just don't think that's a I don't think that's the app that's going to sell people on it. I honestly yeah. think it's Gran Turismo. I would say if you're save yourself the money and wait for that to be on sale because it will be. Yeah. I I really I hope that they get dollars, isn't it? Yeah, it's long though. It's a long, long game. Uh, all right. I've um, seen that uh, the Meta Quest has been discounted heavily in the wake not of the right released. version though. Which one are they discounting? I the two. I, yeah, but there's a specific. Isn't it a specific model that's being discounted? The Meta Quest two two hundred fifty six gigabyte model gets seventy dollar price reduction and then five hundred dollars off the Pro. Wow. Which is like fifteen hundred dollars already. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, if Meta wow. could figure out that they're an actual game company and stop making a bunch of bullshit for work, then that might be worth it. My mom has I the wonder... Meta Quest Two and loves it. She <laughs> uses it for a bunch of the workout apps. Yeah, it'd be really cool going forward if a lot of games embrace like having a VR version, kind of like Village has. Like that would be a killer app, in my opinion. Right. Which yeah. would really help to make it more mainstream. Like, for example, Dead Space, the recent remake. If they retooled that oh, with yeah. VR, I don't know if I could do Dead Space in VR. Yeah, but people <laughs> who love that kind of shit would lap that up. Oh, <laughs> Zach, the one that I really want to try is No Man's Sky. Apparently, they timed their latest update to coincide with the launch of VR two. Yeah. So the entire, literally the entire spaceship cockpit, you're able to interact with it. All the buttons, all the knobs, oh, all the dials, literally everything. Yeah. Oh. So the the original, I played No Man's Sky on the original PSVR, and it, it is absolutely mind blowing when you do it. But with the p- original PSVR, just everything looked like it was smeared in Vaseline, and it's yeah. really jarring. So I think if when you play that, it's going to genuinely blow your mind. I really do. As so, long as I don't have to play that game from the beginning. And like do the thing where I'm looking for fucking salt on the planet for two hours. That would I be think great. if you, you fire you do, the game up now, nah. it's a whole different experience. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I but just that first couple it, hours is rough. Everything about that game that's come out since then has been free, right? Nothing's been a yeah. paid DLC. Yep. Absolutely. So if, if I bought that game launch day, what, 2012, 2013? No, it was like 2014. I could get all the updates for free. Including yeah. the PSVR 2 update. And I think you actually get a PlayStation 5 upgrade with it. Yeah, everything's free. Like, that's how you support a game. Yeah. That's like CD no, Projekt Red of old. I think I, I would probably play that game um, in, you know, just standard version until I could get ish, get in the ship and fly off. And then I'd play probably play it in VR. Yeah. And again, it's just the first couple hours of that game kind of doesn't make sense. But See, I, so I, 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 I think even with... I would play the bits at the start in VR as well because even doing that is a completely different experience to doing it. Yeah, fair separate. enough. So, like, just using your mining laser with it in your hand and stuff like that—it's really cool. 
So the yeah, other ones are- that I really want to play is one of my favorite games on PSVR one was Moss, the original one, and I want to play book two. Yeah. But I just thirty bucks. I just do they come together or are they separate packages? No, you got to buy them separate. And a lot of the games are coming out with free upgrades for it. And Moss, unfortunately, was not one of them. Well, here's to VR games coming back to PlayStation Plus subscriptions. Oh God, <laughs> I hope. I want to do get the new Walking Dead Saints and Sinners game too. Yeah, and that then, first one that, was great. That'll be good. Was it Man and Medan or one of the dark, uh, the Dark Stories trilogy? That's in VR as well. Yep. yep. Yeah. I'd like to play those again. I'm, I'm trying to be conscientious about my game spending right now because again, I have no job, yes. but <laughs> once I do like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably get into it a little bit more. I think one of the things also that I'll do is finally either buy a PlayStation five for the living room or just move all my shit out there yeah. uh, because I need a bigger space for it. Well, PlayStation fives fortunately are in, uh, Ready stock everywhere now. It yeah. is not hard to find one. God, that took a long time. Yeah, two and a half years. You know, oh my God. Imagine if you didn't get one at launch and you were waiting that long. <laughs> I mean, if you were waiting that long, you just weren't trying hard enough. This is true. Yeah, you could get them, but yeah, it was pain in the dick. It was about a year and a half before you could really easily get one. But yeah, I see never, them in the I've store never bought everything. anything quicker in my life. I was on yeah. Amazon that morning just hitting refresh. The simple fact, like the simple fact that all four of us were able to get a PS5 on launch day. Wait, did Tom get his launch day? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think he did. Yeah, I think all of us did. Yeah. I had. No, Tom's was a little late because he had. Didn't he have a buddy win one and and sell it to him? Oh, possibly. Doesn't doesn't matter. The fact that most of us were able to get it on launch day or, or like right at that time was. Incredible. If you recall, I bought like seven of them, but I gave six of them to work. Yeah. <laughs> I was the hero of that company, man. <laughs> so aside from VR2, what's anybody else been playing anything of note to uh, bring up? Well, it's a lot more retro. So I've been, they recently released Persona 4 Golden on Game Pass. And I have been suckered in so much. To That's that the one game. that was on Vita, right? Yeah. That game was so good. I I did I oh. did play a good chunk of it. Now, as you all know, I love me some Persona 5. And I've never played any of the others. And this one, I love it possibly about the same amount. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. It's a long it's, game, it's, though. It's, it's more dated in its combat and the dungeon crawling. But the actual... I just love the relationship building in that game. And things I think like you that. just like that universe. I do. It's. I think they do it so well, and they they they're so good at making you care about the characters. Like you just get so involved in the little stories of them all, and like you want to go out during the day and make them your friends and stuff like that. It's just so good. I think I just struggle with RPGs set in a modern era because in my brain RPGs are meant to be high fantasy. Yeah, I I suppose it was probably be the same for me, but when I. The first time I ever played Persona 5, I was just absolutely besotted with it. And the same is true of this one now. I have uh, I think I've up to about 40 hours, which is about the probably the halfway mark. Or something oh, like that. So it's it's not short, put it that way. But, but those games are really good at like, they th- you think it's wrapping up and then suddenly something happens and then you're like, yeah, that's not wrapping up. No. I, got another <laughs> I, loved, I love when games do that to me because I don't want... St- 
it's usually the games I don't want to end, and then they're like, oh, he's another 20 hours. Go enjoy yourself. <laughs> like, Dan, brilliant. Platinum and Dan gives himself a little moment and then uh, <laughs> carries on. <laughs> That's cool, though, that they finally brought that out from the Vita library because that was kind of one of the Vita's killer apps. Yeah, it's always been on my list of something to play. Uh, Persona 3 is on there as well, so I'm kind of making my way backwards, which is... Oh, wow. But I've heard, I heard that Persona 4 is like one considered one of the best games ever made, and I can see why. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's just... rather spe- I can almost hear Dalton Suter screaming with delight. Just squealing. <laughs> His low voice squeal. I, uh, I, I, I have always wanted to get into the Persona games. The first one I ever played was, uh, what was it, the Shin Megami Tensei? Yeah. The original? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 I think it was PlayStation game, and I really liked it, but I haven't played the others. So one day, they my friend. <laughs> dropped that, that moniker. I don't know. It, it was Shin Megami Tensei Persona, wasn't it? Yeah. I think so. And then this is, there is a separate series called Shin Megami Tensei. A Devil Summoner or whatever that is. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm just looking at it right now. Which yeah. one came out? One came out on Switch not that long ago, which I kind of thought about getting, but then it kind of passed by like a tom in the wind. Like a tom in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> a wild tom has appeared. He's not here, by yeah. the way. In case you didn't notice, we, yeah, yeah. we just weren't Is doing an extended intro on him. Yeah. I again, again, I'll say it. I say it every time. For God's sake, people, play Persona Five. You need to do it. I opened it. Well done. You played like 20 hours of it. I did. I played a bit and then <laughs> can you, stopped. You can't drop that game, man. It's so good. I did. <laughs> I did. You d- don't, don't tell me not to drop something because <laughs> I'll drop it so fast. Uh, I got... We t- oh, go ahead. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, I got TurboGrafx CD games working on my analog pocket this week. Ooh. And that has occupied almost all of my time outside of ER2. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you're gonna need to give me the cores for that because yeah yeah it's it's really interesting playing those games because a lot of them are you know they they just look like turbo graphics games but they have a cd voice and it's really nice to see and hear some of those but yeah i got valis uh and all the ease games working again and i'm just in hog heaven see that's that's interesting to hear that the turbo graphics had the same i'm not even gonna call it a problem but the same as the Sega CD where I thought the Sega CD games were going to look so much better. (laughs) Like, no, it's just a Sega game with, with slightly better audio. And when you're going from dumpster fire audio to Sega CD quality audio, it's a huge jump because let's face it. The Genesis crap audio. Yep. Just crap. And I don't care what Tom says. It's bad. Like that first version of the Sega Model 1 had really good audio, and then the rest of the versions that came out were awful. It's just um, unreal but, how bad it is. Yeah, but I, it's not really... It's funny because that era of game, like they don't need much more to just look and play a little bit better. And, you know, for me to... I, like I played the Rondo of Blood on it this week, mm-hmm. and that's a game that really hasn't been available um, outside of the Castlevania collections and you know some of the the re-releases, but yeah, it's fucking phenomenal. So I, I yeah, f- I've been thrilled to death to have it working this week. Speaking of the pocket, after three months, I finally got an email back from support because <laughs> I felt like there was an issue with my right trigger, and apparently it's 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 almost a universal thing with all the pockets where the the right trigger you have to like 
come down on top of it. You can't just press it like you would a normal trigger. So I emailed them. They went, yeah, okay, well, what's your address? We'll send you a shipping label. And you send it in, we'll repair it. And he said, okay, here's my address. However, how long am I going to be without this? And then it took them two and a half months to reply. Finally, because I sent them an email last week going, hey, just wondering where this label is. Also, how long am I going to potentially be without this? And then they replied with, here's your shipping label. <laughs> two okay. years. You'll be without it for two years. <laughs> so I'm in this this quandary right now of, do I just fucking deal with it or run the risk of it being shipped out and coming back potentially worse? Or just being without it for another nine months? Or alternatively, you could kick off at the lack of communication and demand they send you a replacement. I could do that too. Hmm? Yeah, I also don't think that they have them to just replace. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're doing still... well, are they? <laughs> no. Well, well, I mean, and like they're 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 a tiny little electronics company, and they're like everybody else waiting for stuff to come out of Taiwan. I get it, but it seems like you would keep enough on hand to just replace some. I give them a pass though because their build quality, aside from this trigger, their quality of product is so good. Yeah. So I'm I'm fine. I would much rather have something that's produced in smaller batches because it's going to be of higher quality than something that's mass produced. Yeah. I think. Um, oh. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to switch subjects. On speaking of no responses, I should probably make it aware that my Twitter account has been compromised. And I have no recourse for gaining it back. Um, so if you, I don't use Twitter, but I am on there. I, I use it to read stuff, but like I don't ever post anything. But if you see a bunch of shit coming out of my account suddenly that's all crypto scams shit, it's not me. Um, what happened, I woke up, it was just two weeks ago, and saw an email from Twitter saying, unverified login from this wherever. 30 seconds later, another email came in. Your password has been changed. Ten seconds later, your email address has been changed. And I went, oh, okay, well, thanks for letting me stop that. Um, Come to find out, like three days before that, Twitter removed two-step verification for anybody who didn't pay for the blue check mark. Yep. So Well done, Elon. I uh, immediately went to Twitter support. I screenshotted everything, wrote up what happened. Nothing. Literally no response. Started sending tweets to them from our factory sealed account like hey guys you know hey you got some shit going on here come to find out from some one of our listeners has a family member who works there it's an absolute dumpster fire and a ton of people from the support team have gotten fired nobody knows what the hell is going on so i think i may just chalk that up to a loss and be like well crypto bot owns my account now so you know that was fun while it lasted and i have no recourse for it I mean, and I've only lost $70,000 since I fell for your crypto scam. So, you know. Right? Well, no, you know, no that's foul. your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> Little do you know it is actually me. So if you see me buying a new car next week, thanks, Zach. Yeah, we did yeah, think yeah. this. Yeah, but Twitter's just an absolute set. It's always been a cesspool, but even more so now. I think that would be the one social media thing that the world could just do without. That and Instagram. I think they're both pretty terrible. For totally different reasons, like Instagram, I'd be, I'd be happy if they bid the ball off. To yeah. be honest, I think they have a lot to answer for with how things are nowadays. <laughs> well, I I like honestly, I like Facebook just because it allows you to stay in contact with with family in a more intimate way. 
Instagram is more or less just a, I'm going to pretend to be somebody I'm not and put on this big flashy show for the world. I just like Instagram because I like looking at pictures. To me, pictures are easier to look at than text. If I'm just scrolling through walls of text on Twitter, I don't give a shit. Yeah. My problem with it is not that the that you can't get to the content that I want. It's that if I look through my feed, I would swear to you that I was a guitar playing Instagrammer who liked exercising all the time. It's just filled in. Like all of my stuff is video games. <laughs> yeah. All of all of the people that I follow there are video games. And for me to see that, like, I have to go click into them individually. And no, I don't care about, you know, the third world, third hole answer to exercising with, you know, a rock. A, I don't care. Your algorithm <laughs> is horribly broken. And I don't really care. But like, yeah, it's a toilet. Yeah. And I've Facebook, I can't uninstall anymore. So I might as well keep it. <laughs> I've been trying to reduce my overall time on social media stuff except for facebook that's the only one i'm ever really on just because yeah. of family that live out of town i find Other that, that I, i'm of an old enough generation that me being off facebook makes no difference in my life whatsoever it's great yeah <laughs> like i people get on there and they're all mad like my wife gets See, on there and I she gets of, whingy about stuff and i'm like no oh, no those people don't matter <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh so I've, I've got to be involved with it for my job and also now doing the photography business on the side and scheduling things for that and stuff. So I just kind of try and stay off it as much as I can. When I'm yeah. Not. yeah. Apart from that. I mean, even Facebook putting out video, content. what is it? The video reels now? Like yeah, every fifth thing is a video thing. reel. Like, nah, <laughs> it's just garbage. <laughs> and most of those are just copied from TikTok or yeah. Instagram. And then you click on the comment section. You're like, would you like to go to Instagram? Like, God damn it. I would have just gone to Instagram if I wanted to watch videos there. <laughs> All of it's going to shit. But the world. One of the best end. things about watching videos is seeing the ridiculous things that people have said about them. Oh, comment section. Like if I ever want to immediately feel better or smarter, like I'll just go read the comments on social media. Yeah. Yep. God. <laughs> Future generations, you're fucked. <laughs> just stay off of it. Like I, that's the one thing I feel like we're setting. I'm setting myself up for a huge fight with my kids down the road because they will not have social media. Yeah. They just won't. I mean, it's it. They might miss out on some stuff that their friends are also going to be experiencing, but the other stuff that they're going to miss out on, like, oh, I, I don't know, the the body image issues, the bullying, all the inappropriate shit they're going to see. Like, I'm fine sacrificing the couple of cool things to prevent them from seeing all the really nasty shit and experiencing yeah. that. Like, oh yeah, it's just, but I'm like. So your kids are older than this, but like literally yesterday I went to the supermarket and I saw a kid in a shopping cart, like, and the mother literally like, she must've been about two years old and she handed her a phone just to keep her interest. I, I was like, those yeah. people piss me off so much. Engage like, your child. Yeah. I know it's so bad. And they're the it's people so that bad. ride around, the, their kid ride around with videos playing full volume. All you're doing is teaching that kid to be self-centered. Yeah. I mean, I see it because obviously I work in a college, but people about 16, people can't even talk anymore because they're so used to just being on their phone and not speaking to anybody. Yeah. It's honestly, it's ridiculous. Like the amount of times I'm at an open evening and parents come in and they have to speak for their child. Yeah. It's insane to me. It really is. One, it becomes an excuse for everything else, right? Like you get a kid that comes in and their parents start talking for them. They go, oh, well, they're socially awkward. They can't talk. That's because you've never made them talk. Exactly. And yes, talking as a 16-year-old is probably harder than it is for a 25-year-old. But you get through that shit, right? (laughs) That's who you are. That's what you do. That's growing up. 
<laughs> but we they all won't, sound and they'll very just old. be in that. They'll be in that holding pen. Yeah. Oh God! Should we talk about our game of the week? Yay! Yes. Whose idea was this one? Was it you, Dan? Yeah. All right, you can introduce. I it. saw that it was so. This one is literally just on the cusp of being elig- show eligible from a few days ago. Oh dear. So. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. Holy cow! So, so that's why that's why I picked it because everybody was very excited about the ten year anniversary of Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance. And then nothing happened. There was no remaster. There was no announcement of a sequel. And everybody went, for God's sake, Konami, what are you doing? They are in this pattern of hating great games. Yeah. They don't, they don't even have to make it. They just give it to Platinum and they'll make an absolutely brilliant game for them. And then they just slap the name on it and the jobs are good and prints money. Oh, God. Even just a freaking remaster of this game would have been fantastic. This, spoilers, probably one of the best games we've played on the show. One of I'd my agree. favorite games. I'd agree. It's just fun. It's it. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It, the storyline doesn't make much sense, but the actual combat and everything around it, it just makes it so good. Like, Blade Mode is one of the coolest mechanics in a game I've ever seen. Well, it's it, this was one of the games that was at E3 when I was out there. And I remember going like, what the hell is this? Because it's so far outside of the Metal Gear formula. First of all, it was Raiden. I was like, I don't really like Raiden. I mean, look, he's a cyborg now. Like, what? what is this? It's an action game. Metal Gear is all about stealth and politics and, you know, these big grandiose ideals. This one, you have a sword, you cut shit up. What is this? And I pl- I played the the demo of it at E3 and went, yeah, that's I guess that's kind of neat. And then I just never played it when it came out. Yeah, you you missed out, man. But the actual, so I don't know if even that if that was the original build that you played. I don't even know if that was playable. But this game had a really interesting like route towards market. I don't know if you guys remember this at all, Mm-mm. but. So it got announced, I can't remember, I think it was probably like an E3 one year, and it was originally being made by Kojima. Oh. Um, so it was, they kind of showed off some of this like uh, blade mode where it would show, it showed riding like through the mel- the watermelons, like the watermelon room that you saw, and uh, like different like pillars and stuff like that. And it looked kind of more stealth based than what we got in the end but also with elements of what we got in the end. And at some point during development, um, Kojima realized that he didn't have the scope to actually develop this how he wanted. So then they contracted Platinum Games in to make the game for them. So Kojima was involved from the storyline perspective, but the actual game development was handled by Platinum. Interesting. Yeah, you don't really see a lot of Kojima's inspiration in this game until like the last half when that's when they start talking about the big grandiose politics and memes and global issues. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that. yep, yeah, that's classic Kodge. Yep. <laughs> but it's spot freaking on. That guy just, he has his finger on the pulse of w- the goings on in the world and how things tend to happen. I was convinced this man has a time machine. He just flips forward like 10 years. <laughs> And every game he makes, like, let me go forward in time and see what's going on. That's why I'm he horrified about Death Stranding to. now. <laughs> yeah, he has to. 
I think this game needs to be applauded for making Raiden cool. Yeah. <laughs> With the exception of his voice in this game, he was... In Metal Gear 2, he was kind of this, like, oh, <laughs> kind of a whiny guy. But then he comes into this, and it's like he almost let the pendulum swing too far. Now he's, like, trying to be Snake, and he's got this really gravelly voice. And it's like, he's just trying too hard. You leave Quentin Flynn alone. <laughs> he, was Titus. Like, he was Titus, you know. I, I feel like he definitely what? went full on Jack the Ripper right after the second half of the game. <laughs> he's, he's also Ratchet in Ratchet and Clank. Yep. No, he's not. Yes. He That's James Arnold Taylor. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm talking straight. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> wait a minute. No. I'm sure, I'm, he's definitely been somebody famous in a different game. Yeah. What's his name? Quentin Flynn? Yeah. I'm sure he's Titus. He's not. That's James Arnold Taylor. Because every time, once oh, I discovered okay. that link, I'm like, oh, Ratchet's in Final Fantasy Ted. <laughs> he's been in Mass Effect. Ah, uh, maybe that's he was what in. I'm he was riding in King. Riding was in Kingdom Hearts three. Was he? Oh God, as what? What? Oh, never mind. No, Axel. That's weird. Because when you sh- click it on here on Google. It's a, oh, never mind. Oh, yes, he's uh, he's Reno in Final Fantasy VII. Well, he was in Advent Children. I was going to say, Final Fantasy VII didn't have uh... a... <laughs> okay. Hey, he was in Super Bomberman R. That's what he's known for, right there. Launch title. Switch. <laughs> <For> Switch, yeah. <laughs> I still have an unopened copy of that. I remember when I got my Switch, Ben sent me something that I wasn't able to pre-order. And he's like, hey, I threw a game in there for you. I'm like, awesome. And I opened up his Bomberman. I'm like, oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> I'll play this never. <laughs> he was a he was a male pedestrian and in infamous. Ooh. Ooh, that's a game we could play. Ooh. I'd play infamous. Dan. You already got us to commit to a game you've been trying to get us to commit yeah, but, to for years. after, I'm thinking long term. He's yeah, thinking ta- of the list. <laughs> you're talking yourself out of a win here. What list? <laughs> it's on the document. What document? Yeah, exactly. He was in Mass Effect 3. Yes, this guy's been in a ton of games. Oh, yeah. Oh, anyway, it, yes, getting back, getting back to him in... Rising, I, I see what you mean. It's particularly when he goes all Jack the Ripper and he's go, he gets really gravelly. It's just funny. Yeah, he's trying too hard to be a snake at that point. But I love, I love how they just went right. Okay, Metal Gear Solid Two. Raiden was crap. How can we make him cool? Let's chop off all of his limbs and turn him into a cyborg. That's the only hope we've got. The strangest limb they chopped off was his jaw. <laughs> That's because he like, gets a slash. He gets a cut off, doesn't he? No. He comes in at the beginning and he's <laughs> he's got a, a fake jaw. That's okay. so he can have that one scene at the end where he gets beat up by the boss and it turns red. <laughs> That's the only that, reason his jaw. <laughs> and when the helicopter blade skims yeah. the underside of his chin and there's sparks. That was freaking cool. I think what they did with this game is they went right. Let's just not care anymore. And they had a big writers meeting and went, all right, throw all your ideas on the table, and then they approved all of them. Oh, it's yeah. Just, it's just absolutely insane, over the top. And then the icing on the cake, which I was comp- caught completely off guard by, was the soundtrack in this game 
is exceptional. You had to oh, have a soundtrack yeah. that was this style. I mean, I don't. It, it's heavy metal, but it's not death metal. It's like Linkin Park a little bit, but it's also got a little bit of a edgy electronic feel to it. It's the only type of soundtrack that worked for this game. Mm-hmm. And but it's good, too. It's fantastic. Like yeah. I mean, like, the, this game came with a soundtrack, and I promise this will be up there with, like, Doom Eternal on the shit that I play all the time for no reason. <laughs> yeah. it's it, it's There's a couple I'm songs fine. that came up that I actually put on my Spotify list. I'm like, yeah. I don't like heavy metal, but I'm going to listen to this song. Platinum Games are really good at doing this, though. They they really blend their action well. They're, like, world-renowned for their action games, and they blend it so well with, like, the soundtrack. Yeah, this one was perfect because we were talking. We were talking about platinum um, before we started playing this, and you said like, "What have they made?" And like, Bayonetta, Nier Automata, that kind of stuff. Side note: We need to add Nier Automata to the show for when it's eligible. Oh yeah, I think the original Nier is eligible, but Automata won't be yet. Automata came out in seventeen, but I'm just like, side note: We need to play that. Such a good game. But yeah, I mean, so this game, game started out, like, super strong. There's a Metal Gear Ray fight in the beginning, and it's awesome. That, yeah. I got to the end of that one, okay, I'm in. Because yeah. at the beginning, it was it was really generic, like, oh, you got to protect, you know, the prime minister of this country. And then you, know, you have your typical Metal Gear melodramatic big muscle bosses, and you get into this ninja fight, and, like, I guess I'm, I could get behind this. And then immediately you're fighting a Metal Gear Ray, which is something that's usually been reserved to the end of a Metal Gear game because it's building up to that fight. And it's like, now nah, we're just going to jump it in. I'm like, if that's the beginning, where the hell else are they going to go? And holy shit, they just kept going with it. It's like fully committed to the over the top at every point. Like that Metal Gear Rear fight where Raiden, you hold R1 and he starts running up missiles. Yeah. It's just... It's just brilliant. Which is strange because what the the remake of Twin Snake or the remake of Metal Gear One with Twin Snakes, there was one scene where Snake does a backflip off of a Nikita missile or something, and it was like, that's so dumb. Now we have Raiden running up missiles, doing flips, slow motioning time, and then cutting through an entire Metal Gear with a sword. Yeah. Like, that's cool. My favorite bit of that is when he goes up the clock tower and he jumps down and he just runs his sword along the length of it and then he like lands in the middle and it just all splits apart behind him and there's a huge explosion and you're like, yes, this is brilliant. <laughs> yes. It makes so no good. sense. An old <laughs> clock tower from the 1100s just blew up. Okay, I'm in. It's just, it's just great. I just love the commitment to the insanity. It's but the, well, and the, the insanity follows it all the way through, right? I mean, like, there's no moment in this game where you're not just totally like, this is the best fucking game I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's not an understatement. Like, on it, in that genre, it's the best game of that genre I've ever played. Yeah. Because everything just meshes so well. The one knock that I'll give it, and it's not really even a knock. It's just that a lot of games like this, you can pick up and be like, oh, muscle memory. Okay, I remember how to do this. I played the first mission and then I waited like five days to pick it up again and I had to start over because well, I had to go back into the VR training and do that again because I just didn't remember how the combat functioned. The combat comes across as very obtuse originally because you want to drift into different mechanics. If you if you approach this like a Souls game or even just like a traditional hack and slash, you're going to want to try to block, but there isn't a button for block. You have to do a combo to block 
So if somebody's coming in on you and you want to block it, you have to push the stick towards them and then actually press attack and it does a block. If you miss that, then you get hit. And it makes it really difficult because things are super fast paced. You have enemies coming in from all directions. And at the beginning of the game, before you've really started to unlock a lot of your your upgrades and new moves, combat's very difficult. My only major gripe with the combat for me is the mechanic where he gets dizzy and it's so hard to get him out of it. Like, you've got to waggle the analog stick back and forth. I don't forth, think that does it just, anything. It doesn't seem to work. Ever. Because when he got dizzy before, I would just use my thumb. And then I tried it the next time and I put it on my palm and just went crazy with it. And it was the same amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And it, it well, always just seems a little bit too long and you always seem to get hit. Yeah. Well, and the combat totally evolves too. Like the the first level, for example, if you try and play that like the last level, you're going to die. Yeah. Because like just not having the the whatever it is, the trident or the spear or whatever, like it's it, there's an entire move set dedicated to that weapon. Or even have it, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like ride, rage mode or something like that, where you click oh, yeah. into two sticks. Jack that the makes, that, that makes <laughs> the game entirely unfair. But um, the cool aspect of it is there's a, a mode called Ninja Run, where you just hold R1, and then it just does all the moves for you when you're running. Not not attacking, but like if you're running towards uh, a wall that you need to jump over, he'll just automatically jump over it or slide under it or do whatever he needs to do. So if you just hold down ninja run while you're in combat he'll deflect bullets that are coming in and then you press triangle and he does this like long distance slide attack but you don't really even need to know any combos it's just mash the fuck out of these buttons and just enjoy the time you know enjoy the show i just love the fluidity of the combat though like when he's fighting with the sword like when he just randomly chucks it in like the heel of his foot and starts kicking people and stuff it's (laughs) brilliant it's just awesome it's when you get it's the new so skills satisfying too, all the way through, it doesn't make you learn combos. It's not like, okay, to do this move, it's like square, 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 triangle, square. It's like, it'll just happen. Yeah. The only one that I actually utilized, like knew how to activate it was the 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 downward lightning or whatever the hell it was called, where you jump in and then you, you jump and then press triangle and he like shoves the spear into the ground and it explodes out. Like, that's the only one I knew how to actively go like, if I do this, this will happen. Everything else is like, okay, it'll happen eventually. That's cool. Was uh, I saw? I actually I said this to you on WhatsApp yesterday. I played through the entire game just using the sword. You yeah. never equipped one of the special weapons no. for triangle. You nope. missed out. I I like the sword combos with triangle. Can, oh, see, but you have so much more reach with the spear, like five times the reach. But I've played through this game like five times before. I like a challenge. Have you ever <laughs> used the spear? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, funny story for you. So back in the day when this kid first came out, I just used to go back to it all the time. It reminded me of when I first played Metal Gear Solid and I just replayed it on a loop because I found the combat that fun. I just used I... to go back every few months and like, I could play that again. Just go in and slice some dudes up and it's so fun. So that's the other really cool part about this is that you can, as you're attacking, you get people into a stun and this little kanji symbol pops up and then you can hit l1 to go into blade mode where you now have complete control over the blade in two ways you can press square to do like a horizontal attack and triangle to do a vertical attack or the right stick and you can actually physically aim it and you can specifically cut off limbs that are targeted so sometimes you'll see cyborgs that have intel 
and all the intel is kept in their left arm. So you can use your AR vision to highlight which one of these people are. And then it becomes this, this intricate balance of, I have to attack them enough to get them stunned, but not kill them. But then I also have to be in the right position to press blade mode and then chop off that arm so I can pick it up. If you kill them without chopping off the arm, you don't get the data from within. So there's a lot of nuances to the combat that you can play it that intricately if you want, or you can just go in and smash the shit out of the buttons. But yeah. blade mode is really cool because a lot of times you'll be in a boss fight and they'll chuck something at you and you have to cut it down and they'll give you like a specific direction that you have to cut it from. And it, it very difficult. Yeah, I lo- my favorite thing about Blade Mode, and this doesn't get old, so every to replenish health in this game, you can either have med packs or you can basically rip out the innards of other cyborgs so and good. absorb them. And so you use Blade Mode, and most enemies, when you've stunned them, have this little red square on them. And if you slice through that square, one of the packs will come out. And as long as you... You can keep slicing them up into little bits, and as long as you hit circle before the animation ends, you'll pick out, essentially, their innards, and Raiden, like, holds it up and squeezes it, and loads of lightning comes out, and it does not get old. Never once does it get old. The very end of that game. That's your primary heal mechanic, too, right? Yeah. Like, so, like, you can just go through this game in total beast mode and never stop, (laughs) because you can just (laughs) heal at will. It's so good. The healing items in this game are very few and far between. Yeah, I mean, most of the boss battles I would go into with maybe one spare health pack. You can only carry up to five. And they were pretty good about having a couple drop throughout the course of the boss battle. But still, most of the bosses I'd go into and be like, well, I get one shot at this. Yep. The bosses are quite challenging as well, some of them. They're very tough. Uh, So you've got... I'm going to pull up the list right now. So you've got um, the French lady, the first one. Mistral. Mistral, Mistral. So she's... Mistral basically absorbs... uh, She uses those little gecko geckos? Oh, the little... Yeah, the little three-armed things? Yeah. Yeah. Off um, Metal Gear Solid 4. And she, like, basically rips loads of them apart and then sticks them together into into makes extra arms. So she looks like that... The... 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 the, Not creature, but the person... The Indian culture? The Hindi god. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. You forgot about Blade Wolf, Dan. The chainsaw... uh, Oh, yes. Chainsaw dog. Leader, your ally. Yes. (laughs) Who the security guard mistakes for you. Are you riding? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a fucking dog. (laughs) Easy mistake Uh, to make in a world of cyborgs. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, I, I like Mistral because you could chop all the arms off, and that made her significantly easy between phases. Right, but the only that's, one that that's I did... just such a cool use of that mechanic as well. Like, yeah. it's so advanced for the time that this game came out. This is what twenty thirteen, twenty thirteen. Yeah, ten years, baby. There is only one that I didn't like, and it was Grad, the uh, tank on skates. I just didn't really find that one to be very. Yeah, that's kind of memorable. a mini boss. That one. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, but, but the, uh... the one after that, Monsoon, that. That was a good fight. That was yeah. a great fight. There was, I didn't understand the mechanics of that fight. So Monsoon, did this, I? This this I don't guy how who hit him. at some points can just separate himself into cubes, and when that happens, you you physically can't hit him. He just he, he's kind of like Heimlich from God of War. He, Heinrich, not Heimlich. Heimlich. 
Heinrich? I don't he's know. The, the guy. He's the, the maneuver. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's the maneuver from God of War. I don't know. Um, you mean but bold, then right? I, the only thing that I found that worked was that he, when he would attack you when he was glowing purple like that, when you couldn't hit him, if you blocked him, he'd start to sort of fall apart to the point then where his head would go flying off and you could go attack his head. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, then, then he had to just, use the blade modes on the little cube, individual cubes, right? No, he would dodge it. And then in a typical ridiculous fashion of this game, he just floats up the side of a building and then absorbs, like, <laughs> using telekinesis, several several tanks and bits of building and makes a giant ball of death which he throws at you <laughs> and you have to dodge. I tried to cut that apart the first time. It's like, and dead. Oh, fuck. Yep. And the boss battles don't have... Some of them have checkpoints, but as a whole, they generally don't have a checkpoint. Yeah. yeah. If you phase I've, them, typically it'll save you there. Right. I thought the boss battle against Sundowner was really cool. It was difficult, but really cool. So Sundowner uses kind of shields, and he puts them in front of him, and you've got to use blade mode to slice through them in a specific way, and yes. then he can chop them off on his shoulders, and I just love that. It's so cool. It kind of reminds me of the precision that you could have from Dead Space with the laser cutter to like cut mm. limbs and shit off. You can yeah. dramatically affect and change the course of a battle depending on what you attack. Yeah, but it's 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 really worth going back and watching the original trailer compared to how it ended up. Oh, I'll have to do that. I didn't see it. Yeah, but this is supposed. This started as a prequel, right? Like between. Yes, it did. Yeah, Metal like Gear set, Solid Four and Three. Yeah, and then became oh, a sequel. Two, I guess. It's supposed to be how Raiden became an android. Because this is set in the world of after the Patriots have gone. Yeah. Yeah. So this couldn't have been gone. a prequel to two. It was supposed no, to be. They rewrote that. the story. Yeah. Mm. After Kojima gave it Let's up. say, because when Raiden was in 2, he was still kind of a new recruit. Now, come on, people. Raiden is from Mortal Kombat. Raiden is from oh, Metal oh, Gear Solid. Oh, yeah. Phonetics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Semantic um, phonetics. <laughs> I struggled with the Jetstream Sam com- uh, battle a little bit. Oh, really? I, I kicked his ass, that one. Yeah. I thought he was the easy uh, one. That one was a little tough for me. But then Metal Gear Excelsius. Woo! That was fun. That one was really cool. That's one where they thankfully did a a few checkpoints throughout. Yeah. Well, and most of that, I feel like most of that was a QTE fight too. Like there were portions where you had to hit him, but most of it became QTEs. And yeah, you're just dodging for for its era. That's acceptable. (laughs) You were dodging giant swords and feet. But I think the thing I really liked about that. So Metal Gear Excelsius is this gigantic Metal Gear that Senator Armstrong is, is piloting. And it's got two huge swords, like they're skyscraper-sized swords. It they're they're enormous, and you end up cutting one of them off, and then Raiden, Raiden, did I say it right? Raiden, yeah, starts using one of those swords, like it's just his own <laughs> sword. Starts fighting a Metal Gear with its own sword, the size of a ten-story building. It's brilliant. Just the absurdity of it. Um, speaking yeah, of absurdity, you're... I played oh. this game. I think the way that it was meant to be played. Because on mission two, two you three, have to yeah. you have to infiltrate a sewer system <laughs> in Mexico. So wanting to blend in with the locals, Raiden drives a really advanced car down into Mexico. But to blend in, he decides he's going to wear a poncho and an oversized sombrero to fit in. Mind you, he's a cyborg, 
With and the poncho covers like his chest down to his belly button. And the sombrero, it it's enormous, like hilariously large. And he gets out of the car. <laughs> and people are like, what is this guy? And he wears the disguise for four feet over to <laughs> a sewer grate, <laughs> drops it, and goes in. Poncho Redden the- is the definitive mark of this game. <laughs> So you can actually buy that outfit and wear it the rest of the game. Like, I am doing that. Because it becomes way more hilarious. Everything that he does in the game is amplified by wearing a sombrero. So there's a scene where you go in and and you need to take an elevator. And instead of taking the elevator down, he gets on top of it and just cuts the cable and just rides this elevator 50 stories down and when he does this like little flip and land at the bottom and he's wearing his sombrero and he like looks up at you (laughs) that's fucking comedy right there (laughs) so dumb this this game has loads of comedy because there's also the child that you find (laughs) the kid who speaks english that they gave you subtitles under the subtitles (laughs) to be be fair i can't understand a word that kid says (laughs) so racist and over the top, like we phonetically translated what he said, but you're not going to understand that shit either. So underneath well, the it subtitle, English? the subtitle pops up for about two seconds, so you don't get time to read it anyway. Oh. And it's like the human version of George R. Banks. It's so good. <laughs> he it's is. Just- <laughs> oh, his name is George. Um, he is Guyanese. Oh yeah, he's French Guyanese. <laughs> I'm gonna look up some of. It. Yeah, he is. Uh I don't even want to try to replicate it because it's going to come off insanely racist. Oh, yeah. That's uh, the character himself is racist. And again, it's 2013. So I'm going to give that a pass. (laughs) God, now that you say it, he is basically Jar Jar Binks. He is. And and his storyline, too, which is all his all the other children patriots are basically reduced to brains. (laughs) And Raiden has this like self-fulfilling mission to go rescue all the brains. (laughs) <laughs> Not to put him back in the body, but just so he has him. <laughs> it's it's pretty dark, mind. We've just oh, yeah. out thousands of kids' brains, and they're just living in these jars, and they're basically making them live VR missions and turning them into um into soldiers, and then putting them in cyborgs. It's pretty dark. Well- and they're like, it, it, like not even anything that would survive in real life. They're like the RoboCop two. <laughs> they're like just brains and eyeballs. <laughs> Nano machine son. Nano machine son. <laughs> and even if you do or don't rescue them, it doesn't matter because there's just millions more everywhere. <laughs> Hilariously, Anybody? that exact line is in this game because we've said nano machine son on this show for a decade <laughs> just as a joke. Like, what happened? Like, nano machine son. And then when Senator Armstrong is talking about how his body takes no damage, he literally says the phrase. Nano machines, son. <laughs> that, that's it. I, I played the last boss. Senator Armstrong is the last boss in this game. And I played him literally pissing my pants because the whole fight is so funny. Like when he looks between his legs to see <laughs> Standing behind him. I thought he was going to hike a football at me. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's so funny. And like his opening move is just to do a big sumo like kick up in the air. <laughs> And then when he, if he knocks you down, he'll come like he's about to do this gigantic people's elbow on you and you can kick him in the sides. It's just so dumb. I love it. Oh my God, he's so good. 
Did any of you guys encounter any of the cardboard cutouts in this game? No. No. So there are there are cardboard cutouts of women throughout certain missions, and if you use blade mode on them, if you slice them, they get scantily clad. Awesome. Oh. I found <laughs> random people hiding in boxes. Yes. Yeah. I found oh, that when you rescue about. a hostage, if you chase them down it you can knock their clothes off. <laughs> a hostage? Yeah. I didn't know there were hostages. Random hostages throughout the world. If you check, like, because you rescue them and then they go like, oh, thank you. And they start to run off. But if you chase them down, you can cut their clothes off. (laughs) You really didn't know that. It's so good. Because there's certain bits where it goes, um, it gives you like a cardboard box or a steel drum. And it says, sneak through this area rather than fight things. I'm like, no. Yeah. (laughs) I did utilize the drum at one point. And I discovered that the drum is more effective than the box. Depending on the situation. So the box is really good when you're in like the skyscraper, the medical facility or whatever. But the drum is great if you're on the military base. But if you're wearing the sombrero, when you go into a box or a drum, the sombrero stays on top of it. That's That's awesome. (laughs) I also like that there were multiple cardboard boxes in this and they have zero effect. Yeah, (laughs) Like you could just wear any cardboard box anywhere. I love, uh, I've just read that apparently there's some DLC which only came out for the Japan version of the game, which included a wooden sword, which has the voice of David Hera. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, uh, this, the stupendous sword. There's a sword that has the voice of David Hater. That's right. Yeah. Weird. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's so good. Like and and again, like the the last boss is fairly prophetic. <laughs> like last boss he actually is so he hard. actually utters the line make America great again. <laughs> I saw You're that. just sitting there like <laughs> Kojima did I'm, it again. I'm so happy. <laughs> I think that's the last thing I needed. Oh man. Great game. The the final boss was very very hard. Like alarmingly difficult i at the end you get your your typical stats i had 43 continues and i think 35 of those were on the final boss yeah it's yeah, just it's, it's incredibly so challenging yeah one well, he he has like certain moves that seem impossible like you know okay so here's one i don't know if you guys know this you know where he like jumps up on the platform and he starts yeah. throwing shit at you do you know you could duck that i had no fucking idea like, yeah, the whole time it. I was sword slicing it, but now you can just duck it. I, <laughs> so, I died so many times because I missed the specific slice through that debris. I would miss the third one, but so I came into this boss yeah. with no spare health. So Same as me. I got to a point where I could get him up there where he's throwing stuff and I hadn't taken a hit yet. So I had 150% health and he's throwing this stuff at me. And if you successfully cut all of them you can get four health packs which still probably isn't enough to get you to the end of the boss fight that's how freaking difficult this guy is but he'll do that two or three different times each time dropping health packs for you so it becomes this risk reward Um, so the third time he popped up to do it i was at 50 percent health and he had 12 percent left i went if i miss and this thing hits me it's 100% damage, and I only have 50% left, so I will die. So I dodged that one, and like, all right, and I did the Dark Souls approach of 
Here we go. Most of the boss fights, when you get them to 10% or less, then they go into like a QTE and you're guaranteed to win the fight. So it's just, I had to hit him like three times and I knew the com- I, I knew what to do and it was just, okay, don't be stupid and fall into the Dark Souls approach of, I'm just going to go hit him as many times as I want. Fall back on what you know and just stick with it. Well, and two, like, there there are certain things about this game that are very, very Metal Gear, like the fact that you've torn the last, the last boss's heart out and he's still talking to you. <laughs> or anytime you kill a boss, they call you on their codec as they're dying. Yeah. It's like, you're in a hundred pieces on the floor. <laughs> like, also, you're right here. <laughs> Don't you guys double with the codec at all? I no. didn't as much as I feel like I should have. Yeah, because I, I feel like there's a lot of wind in that codec. Because <laughs> it, it does have the codec like you would expect from a normal Metal Gear Solid game, but it's kind of just there, and you can access it if you want to, but there's no reason to. And there's a lot of side characters who are only fleshed out via the codec. Yeah, I. So I actually got to see a lot of what Courtney had to say because I found a spot where you could farm infinite BP, and was it the first level? You the the section where you're running across the bridge from the helicopters, they blow the bridge up, then you sh- you fight the helicopter. The section immediately after that, there's a gigantic Ferris wheel with a couple of the Metal Gear cows running around. Where you spawn in there from the checkpoint, 20 feet to the left is a chest, a gray chest, which until the end of the game, I didn't know how to open. I didn't know that you had to slice them. I was just like, well, maybe I'll maybe this is something for New Game Plus. Come to find out, you just use blade mode and it opens. 20 feet to your left, up a wall, there is a chest that has a BP token worth 5,000 in it. Go to Courtney, save, restart. Within a minute, you can have like 50,000 BP. Just going through and cycling through that. So I wanted to get some more upgrades. I just went back there. Granted, it takes you a while to get to that spot in the level, but you just sit and farm that and upgrade yourself. Interesting. I, was, I, I will definitely be playing this again. So it's a like, good I'm, palette. I'm soaking cleanser. in all these tips. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, it, so I've just been reading up on it actually, and uh, it was basically it was a big success for them. But they've Kojima really wanted to make a sequel and consider a new take on the franchise. But because of the ongoing conflict between him and Konami, he uh, decided obviously that it never happened. But also, really interestingly, the this game has had a massive resurgence in popularity lately, and it's because people are using the ridiculousness of the characters to make memes. Yeah, they're just so over the top. <laughs> just every time you turn around, there's a gem. <laughs> this game had a really cool collector's edition, too, from what I can recall. It had a one of those old orbs with the lightning where you stick your hand yeah. on it and the lightning touches it, but it's got Raiden's sword in the middle of it. I have one, and it's nice. <laughs> They're really neat. It's a fucking death trap. Like, the last time I plugged it in, it shocked the piss out of me, but still. <laughs> awesome. I had the box and everything. It's up there. I'm afraid to touch it. It'll kill me. But, <laughs> yeah, it and it was super limited, too. Like, that one I found at some show that I was at recently, but they were like, oh, yeah, they didn't sell this in GameStops or anywhere else. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Hey guys, we missed the bit in the Senate Armstrong fight where he actually talks about like college football and then punts riding like he's a football. <laughs> yes. uh, and then they play applause in the background. <laughs> Did you guys catch the um, the Ninja Turtles reference from George? 
No. So Hold right it. at right after um, he meets George and they go out in, into the street and they come across some enemies, Raiden starts to go fight and George is in the back. He's like, go ninja, go ninja, go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This game is brilliant. <laughs> I don't even know that you could make a game like this anymore because you it's couldn't. just so like there. I, I would play it, but I don't know that you could do half the jokes that are in this game and get away with it anymore. <laughs> well, and it's so far outside of the norm for Kojima because a lot of his stuff's like, aside from the pinup girls and stuff in the locker, a lot of his stuff is is very serious. And this just isn't. Yeah, but in the best way possible. Like, I, I, I the only thing that I didn't see in this game, and I know it's there, I just never found it, was, like, somebody shitting into a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. the last boss was fucking hysterical. Oh, what, a part, what about the part where um, Herr Doctor calls you up, and you are, you're going through one of the medical facilities, and they're talking about the cyborgs having the electrolytes, and you have to extract their fluids. Or doctors like, oh, but per, you know, perhaps first you need to take take a doomph. And oh, Ryan's yeah. like, a doomph. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A what? A doomp? You need to take a doomp. A digital optical output mounted proxy. <laughs> like, oh, of course, that doomp. Can we talk that? about the fact that the doctor is actually named doctor, except for it's spelled D-O-K-T-O-R? <laughs> doctor. Hello, doctor, doctor. Really put the think tank together on that one. I'm hey, but Sonny was in this game, damn it. I forgot about Sonny. So I forgot I. about Sonny as well. I was was like, she from again? two? She's from four. Four. She is Olga's daughter. That winds oh. up. She's like the genius that She's makes the one who's all on the, the plane. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And she shows up in this game and somehow she's younger than she was in four. <laughs> Nano machine, son. <laughs> I love how that just explains everything in Metal Gear Solid. Like, you, I, I remember wondering for years, like, how the hell is Vamp immortal? And then it was just nanomachines. Nanomachines. Yeah. It's just a That's good... That's the answer. Well, and again, like, this took something really serious. Because remember the Vamp fight, and not in Metal Gear Solid 2, but definitely in 4, was like this big showpiece. It went on for 30 minutes. Yeah. And, like, it was this big, long, drawn-out fight and very cinematic. And, and this just had none of that. And it was great. <laughs> It, it, it didn't take itself seriously any step of the way. Yeah. So I've just read the uh, the pole arm weapon, which is called Letatron J. Um, Letatron J means the stranger, which is also the name for the act of deliberately making your arm fall asleep before using it to masturbate. <laughs> Knew that. Oh, God. Excellent. And it's also entirely made out of arms, so it works in two levels. <laughs> He was a thirsty guy, but honestly, right? If you've never played this game before, it's it's worth picking up. It's probably one of the best games we've played on the show. It's still it oh, runs yeah. sixty FPS as well. Yeah, I was surprised because I thought playing it on Xbox that I was not going to play. Like I, they haven't remastered it, they haven't cleaned it up at all, but it still runs really well. Is it sixty FPS on PS3? Yeah. Oh wow. No wonder it looks yeah. so smooth. It was part of Kojima's pitch to Platinum Games. He said, if you can't make this 60 FPS, I don't want it done. Wow. Boy, that served him well all the way through Bayonetta 3. <laughs> yeah, I, they need they need to 
consider making a sequel to this. They really I just, do. I just don't yeah. think they can. I, I really want Xbox just to release a patch and clean it up. That's all I need. Yeah. Do some I, I'm with I'm with you, Eric, though. Yeah. I, I genuinely do think this is one of the best games we've ever played for the show. So good. I've, so, I kind of played through it all in like two set two sittings, I think, because it's, it's not long, but it's so fun and it's hard to put down. Fun yeah, fact about 5.25 hours. Well, that doesn't count all the retries. I think I'm probably yeah. at seven. But fun yeah. fact about this, um, I actually opened a sealed copy of this game for the show. I didn't like it. I did not like how that made me feel. But it was worth it. You're muted. Well, I mean, the game itself is worth twelve dollars, <laughs> and that's what I did. I looked at I looked at that's price charting. That's the version. <laughs> it went thirteen dollars opened, nineteen dollars sealed. I think I can eat a six dollar loss. Yeah. I, I did the same thing. I played it on Xbox because I forgot I had a PlayStation 3 version that was already open, so I opened it anyway. <laughs> now I have two unsealed copies, and I feel dirty all over. All over. But yes, fantastic game. I would give this a hearty pip-pip. The heartiest of the pip-pips for me as well. Yeah, I'm so pleased you enjoyed it, Eric. I thought I you were going to just abandon it and not finish it, and I'm pleased you powered through it yesterday. I was afraid I wasn't going to make it. It started to get a little difficult. Like, I got to power through this because I got to see how this ends. And it ends. Oh, it's it's got a lead in for a sequel. It does. It does. They left the door wide open. Ah, could you? Wide open. Anybody listening, just remake this. (laughs) Then give us a sequel. Dan, did we have any questions from the community on this? We had a few comments, yes. So if you'd like to leave us a comment, please join us on the old Factory Sealed Facebook community where I put out a lovely picture with Eric's mug photoshopped into it onto the game's box art. Depending on what we're playing. Lost Odyssey looks like a good one, by the way. I've already checked it out. (laughs) Nice. Spoiler. The Eric's head version of this is just stellar, by the way. You what? The Eric's head version of Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance is stellar, by the way. Oh, thank you. I I was very (laughs) impressed with this one. I even committed to the shine of the red coming from his eye and the core near my in the bottom. You did more work than you needed to, Dan. I did, but it's worth it. I very much enjoyed doing it. Very nice. Somebody, Francois Xavier said, best final boss music and fight, to be fair, ever. So I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. How did everyone feel about Raiden in his introduction? This is David Merkel, by the way. Did his debut in Metal Gear Solid 4 as the ninja change any of your opinions? Well, for me, personally, I would say yes, because he was less shit and a bit cooler. He was real shit in Metal Gear 2. Yeah, real shit. Yeah, so I'm I'm all in on the cyborg ninja. If you're going to transform a character, turning them into a cyborg ninja is pretty much a good way to make sure they're cool again. Yeah, just work on the uh, delivery of your lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And also, for the record, like, can we talk about the fact that in Metal Gear Solid 2, like, Otacon had sex with his sister, and then she dies, and he cries for 20 minutes, and he was still more likable than Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 2. (laughs) (laughs) He had sex with his sister? Yes! Did he? Yes! Sniper Sniper Wolf is his sister. Huh? Sniper Wolf? No, 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 no. The girl. EM? Yeah, that's his sister. He had sex with her? 
Yes. What? And his mom. Huh? Zach Foley, where are you getting this information? I'll play the fucking game. It's there. <laughs> Otacon. I'm gonna, it was towards I'm gonna the go end to... of the game, so I would not I would not fault you for skipping those cutscenes. Hold on, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to <laughs> Google Safe Search here. Um this is Metal Gear 2, Otacon. This is gonna be weird sex with sister. Oh, that's not gonna turn up good results. <laughs> Deviant art. I think you're right. <laughs> and his mom, and then his dad tried to kill his sister, and he cries about it for like 40 minutes, and he's still more likable than Raiden. <laughs> sorry, not EM, it's EE. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, e- EM's the other sister. A few, a oh, few Hal ago. was having an affair with his stepmom. Yep. Hal was That's 17, better than his mother. and Emma was six. <laughs> She was, oh my god, this guy's fucked up. Oh yeah. And then but still more likable than Raiden. So. Yeah, still more likable than Raiden. <laughs> in that yes. fucking game. Yeah, Santos did, Lopez. Did slip on bird shit a lot, I like that. <laughs> Santos Lopez is asking, when do we get factory sealed shirts with Eric's head and Dan's art like this picture? Ooh, I mean. That'd I'd be a lot that. of shirts. That'd be a lot of shirts. That would be. I think it's time to do an updated blanket for you. I'm getting a bit cold. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what we could do. Uh, Mark Marcheski. We didn't actually discuss this. Is there a better new word from a video game than revengeance? If they did some sort of game with groundations, yes. I think revengeance is right up there, too. Doom Revengeance is such a Doom. stupid word, though. Is it vengeance? Is it revenge? Who knows? It's both. It's they both, both mean the same thing, so who cares? <laughs> it's the reoccurring of the vengeance. <laughs> it's so, so stupid. I think there was, I think on one of the Battlefield games, they tried to make Levolution a thing, which was oh. also a terrible. I imagine that this, this roundtable meeting kojima in just typical kojima style just went into this meeting wanting to throw something dumb out there to see how people would react like i'm just gonna make a joke and he threw it out there and nobody wanted to challenge him on it They're like that's kind of stupid but it's also I, kojima we don't understand him so let's just go with it and he walked out and he's like i can't believe those fucking idiots went for it <laughs> they made a character named doctor who talked about taking dooms <laughs> Uh, Dalton Sutor says, where does this game fall on the satisfying to slice a mother effer upscale? We covered on our show recently, and man, is the combat fun. It's oh, yeah. Ranks, it ranks pretty yeah. damn At the top highly. Of the top of it. Pretty high, yes. yeah. I don't think any other game has done Blade combat as good as this game has. Mm, not that I can think of. No. Nah. Definitely not uh, Skyward Sword. Oh, God. Leave Skyward Sword alone, people. The Switch Skyward Sword. (laughs) Leave it alone. It's fine. It's not. Uh, So, uh, Chris Gould just said, Konami with lots of crying, laughing faces, because Dan can't read. And Hesley Haddy said, Hey, guys, number one, did you see the Tetris movie trailer? Yes. I thought it looked all right. I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in. At first, I was like, why are they making a movie about Tetris? And then I realized it's about, like, the backstory of how the game came together. It's a wild story. That's really interesting. I had no idea about that. 
Yeah, it's basically yeah. a state-owned property. The guy that created Tetris, uh, he's profited nothing from it. Oh. Nope. That's a shame. And uh, I, I, I think there is enough meat in that story to really tell something interesting. Oh, it's so gonna be great. I'm all in. Uh, Hesley said, do you want a new Metal Gear game, but in which timeline? After Metal Ge- Gear Solid 4 or after Metal Gear Solid 5? After 4, because 5 was crap. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I really want a retelling of Metal Gear, like the original uh, MSX games. That if I'm great. being honest. Yeah. I, I really want one that ties like the the other big boss, the the one who died. I think I want his story told. And I don't want to that... play the NES version because it's shit. <laughs> yes. So that's, uh, I'm kind of, I would take both to be honest, but I, I don't have any faith in Kone Mai to actually deliver one. And it's heavily rumored that they're making a remaster of uh, Metal Gear 3, though. Yeah. Ooh. That's, the rumor is it's Bluepoint doing it, which could be really <sighs> good. What they need to do is they need to bring Metal Gear Portable Ops off the PSP. Yeah. Because that yeah, game sucks but on the PSP. Then it wouldn't be portable. <laughs> okay. Metal Gear Solid <laughs> poo. <laughs> Metal Gear <that>. Solid Doomph. <laughs> Doomph. Doomph. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Metal Gear sort of, at least the original versions retold before I see a sequel to it. And honestly, like in the sequel, it just needs to allude to the fact that Solid Snake died and it's somebody else doing it now. As long as they bring back friend of the show, David, here, I'm all for it. Friend Absolutely. Of the show. Well, he didn't respond to their own devices. Konami has come up with exactly Metal Gear Online, so I'm kind of good. Because <laughs> Keith, Keith Sutherland with his two lines in Metal Gear Solid Five just doesn't cut it, I'm afraid. What was the what was the name of the Metal Gear Solid or the Metal Gear Fence one where you build fences? Um, survive? Yes. Was yeah. it Survive? Yeah, I, I, don't, survive. I don't know. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah, that was just peak Kone Mai when they fell out with Kojima trying to do something with Metal Gear and just completely dropping the ball. So, But they are remaking Silent Hill 2, so we'll see how that goes. God, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, they're yeah. making a ton of Silent Hill games, which some of them sound interesting. Yeah. But that and is then... it for questions, my friends. Hmm. All right. All right. All right. That is it. That what is are we it? moving on to next, guys? <laughs> I can't believe it. You've committed to it now. Have I? Is it too late to change? No. Damn it. I said it earlier. It's happening. We, my good friends, are going to bring back Summer RPG before Summer and play The Lost Odyssey. (laughs) I'll start the pot of boiling water. (laughs) I can't believe we agreed to this. Well, we were under duress. It was early. It was early. I hadn't finished so, my coffee. But yeah, I mean, what will probably happen is in about two weeks, Eric will forgot to start it, and then we'll be like, oh, we'll have to play something else. So the next show probably won't be Lost Odyssey, but let's hope that it is. So it's it's long. So we're going to do two shows of Lost Odyssey. Fair enough. So I miss the, the old, I miss the old long RPG episodes, though. They were great. Yeah, they were it's pretty good. Such such gems as the Rally Ho incident. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Rally Ho. <laughs> yeah. Should do. And then uh two weeks from now, we're gonna do side quest 
And I'm hoping to be done with Atomic Heart by then. Because that game, fantastic. It is good. It is is interesting so far. I don't want to spend valuable show time taking content away from the next show. But a little teaser. I'm going to wet your appetite. I'm going to tickle the tip. It's a great game. Saucy. Eric's going to put the tip in. Just the tip. Just the tip. (laughs) At least you're not touching tips like last week. Well, everybody, in the meantime, look after yourselves. I'm off for a doomp. This episode of Factory Sealed was brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Samuel Chun, Jeremy Lucas, Miles Prower, Chad Schaefer, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Thomas McGrew, Richard Cutris, Nicholas Bradley, Jason McGill, John Weaver, Haitani Spindash, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Drew Barlow, Mark Haddock, Colin Neblo. Gus Robin, Elliot Hughes, James Getter, Hesley Hattie, and Phil Gartside.